Welcome friends, my name is Jake Plenicky. If I have not met you yet, I am the director of youth ministry here at Covenant. So I get to hang out with all of our middle school and high school friends and share Jesus with them and do some really fun things. Like next week, we are taking our high school crew and we're headed up to the mountains of New Mexico and we're gonna spend a week backpacking through the back country. And today I have the special opportunity to open up God's word. Uh, and study God's word with y'all today. So thank you for being here. So this summer, we have been journeying through the lectionary texts, which have led us through Genesis the last couple of weeks. So last week, Thomas walked us through a story that would definitely not be included in the children's Bible. So Genesis 21 is a challenging story to wrestle with, about Sarah and Abraham who send away Hagar and Ishmael to die after Isaac's birth. So reluctantly, Abraham does so, and Hagar and Ishmael run out of water in the wilderness and are about to die. But God hears their cry and provides a well. Yikes, last week's text is a story we'd probably like to leave out and not look at. Yet we saw how God hears us God provides, he catches us when we fall. And we also saw how Abraham and Sarah were the authors of the pain. And it's why we need a prayer of confession, right? We are sinful. So today, I have some bad news for all of our children's Bibles enthusiasts out there. Today, we're going to be looking at a very intense story that gets left out or highly modified from the children's Bible. So we, maybe we like today's big ideas and themes, but not how God and Abraham reached the conclusion. We'd probably rather skip this part of the story where we are challenged and pushed. So in reality, the story we're going to look at today, it's horrifying. Genesis 22 shows Abraham's plan to kill his own son as an act of faith in a God that would test him in this way. So it's probably good that this story about planning child sacrifice is left out of the children's Bible, but we are going to dive into the themes from this narrative. So before we do that, I wanna stop and tell you a story from my life this last week. So last week, one of my best friends and roommates got married, which is amazing, right? Such a joyful celebration, but it was even better because it was in Colorado. <laughs> Here's a photo, I've got a photo from the wedding, which is just absolutely beautiful. And I want you all to try to imagine this. We woke up the morning of the wedding and it was 36 degrees outside, <laughs> which is just impossible to even imagine with the Texas heat the last couple of weeks, right? But it was truly amazing. And this weekend really took me back to memories of my childhood. So my family would go to Colorado often. So being a fifth generation Texan myself, I know that the secret to beating the Texas heat is to get to Colorado as soon and as often as possible. And that's exactly what my family would do. 
Every spring break and summer, my family would load up the car and we'd hit the road and we would head to Colorado. So we'd spend the week either hiking or skiing, exploring, playing, resting, and just enjoying each other's company. I have another photo from one of these trips. So there is my family. You can see my shirt is soaked from spending most of the day in the river playing. Um, and it was always amazing. I've got another photo here of my family canoeing, me and my family canoeing. And if you can see, there's a moose in the back taking a little afternoon bath. Um, and so these trips were always amazing. But one special thing I always remember about these trips is after we finished the long drive up there and we got settled into wherever we were staying, we would always open up a big puzzle and have it on the coffee table. So we would spend our free time at the house working on these puzzles in between our adventures. So I don't know if you are a fan of puzzles, but I want you to imagine you and your family have a challenging puzzle before you. The pieces are scattered across the table and you start looking for corners and sides and sorting by colors and shapes. So as we start putting the pieces together, you notice the intricate detail and the vibrant colors. As minutes turn into hours and hours turn into days and more and more energy is put into the puzzle, you start to make out the bigger picture as you put all the pieces together. Each piece is unique and essential for completing the puzzle. Well, you also have to have faith that all the pieces are there and will fit together to make one big, beautiful, complete picture that comes together after all the work. With that in mind, let us pray. So dear Heavenly Father, as we prepare to hear your word, we humbly seek your guidance. Fill us with your wisdom and love so that your message may stir in us and move us into a deeper relationship with you. May your spirit flow through us this morning, illuminating minds and transforming lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are going to be reading from Genesis 22, 1 through 14, which is on page 15 in your hymnal Bible. So let us open up God's word together. Genesis 22, 1. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Uh, 
So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hands on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So let us jump in, friends. So in Genesis 22, we encounter the account of Abraham and Isaac, a narrative that unveils profound truths about faith, obedience, the remarkable character of our God, and foreshadows his ultimate plan for redemption. This story presents us with the opportunity to examine the depths of our devotion and our willingness to trust God's plan, even when it seems unfathomable. So we pick up the scripture passage for today, beginning with the words, after these things. So we must be thinking about what we've been studying the last couple of weeks to really see the depth of this passage. After these things refers to after Abraham's faithfulness and his faltering, after their scheming and their collateral damage, after the doubt and impatience of a child, after a path of God's promises fulfilled, after the joy of a child born and the sorrow of that child lost, after all of this, God has a test in store for Abraham, a test of obedience. So the story begins with God testing Abraham's faith by instructing him to offer his beloved son Isaac as a burnt offering. This command is shocking, for Isaac was not only the son of Abraham's old age, but also the fulfillment of God's promise to make Abraham a great nation. How confusing must this have been for Abraham? After these things, which the passage starts out with, which was a hundred and some years, it all seemed to be coming to a very horrific and painful end. However, without hesitation, Abraham obediently sets out on the profound journey of sacrifice. Abraham's obedience stands as a testament to his unwavering trust in God. After these things, throughout all of Genesis, Abraham has seen God's plan played out firsthand. He did not question God's command or attempt to negotiate with him, which I am so often doing. Abraham's obedience teaches us the importance of surrendering our will to God's will, trusting that he knows what is best for us. So in our own lives, God may test our faith and obedience through various circumstances. He may call us to step out of our comfort zones, make sacrifices, or surrender cherished desires. He may call us to move or switch careers 
Are we willing to listen to his plan? It is in these moments that our true devotion to God is revealed. Are we willing to follow his leading, even when it is difficult or goes against our own plans? So let us learn from Abraham's example and cultivate a heart of obedience, trust, and action in God. So let's look at this. Testing here is not the same as tempting. So the Bible tells us that God's tests have basically two purposes, to do something to us and to discover something about us. So 1 Peter 1.7 and James 1.3 explain God's tests to our faith that make it stronger and as pure as gold. So sometimes God is like a trainer who puts his recruits through intense training so that they are prepared for combat. So this testing can hurt like crazy as it stretches and pushes you. But it is designed to help us survive and give us victory that will last in the end. God has given tests like this to Abraham before and now knows that his faith is strong. So the other purpose of testing in the Bible is to discover something about us. Here, in this example, God is like a teacher at the end of a class. And so I know most people hate tests, right? I am one of them, test anxiety is real. But tests are designed to do something for students. There comes this final exam designed to discover if they have learned their lessons and if they have achieved the learning goals. That's what this test was about. So as God reveals in verse 12, now I know that you fear God. We can't understand this story without grasping this fact. So when Abraham says to his servants in verse five, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Note that we, he believed that. He truly believed that even if he had to kill his son Isaac, they would both come back together. So Abraham had seen God's love and faithfulness, demonstrated so he trusted God completely, obeyed him without question, and loved him more than anything else, even his own son Isaac. That's what the fear of God involves. Not fear, but love. He loves God perfectly with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. So my question for us is, how can we be more like Abraham? Are we willing to follow God's leading, even when it seems difficult or goes against our own plans? So next, as we continue through this story, we see the provision of God being played out in a powerful way. As Abraham and Isaac journeyed to Mount Moriah, a profound truth and theme emerges. God provides. When Isaac questioned his father about the absence of a lamb for the offering, Abraham responded with unshakable trust, saying in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Abraham's response reveals his deep faith in God's provision. He believed that even in the midst of uncertainty and difficulty, God would provide a solution. And true to Abraham's faith, as he raised the knife ready to fill God's command, the Lord intervened. He spared Isaac's life 
and provided a ram caught in the thicket as a substitute sacrifice. Cultivating a mindset of trust and reliance on God is crucial. We must resist the temptation to rely solely on our own strength and resources. The American idioms, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and if you work hard, you can achieve anything, will not save us. Instead, we must seek his guidance, lay our needs before him in prayer and trust in his perfect timing and provision. We will face trials and challenges that seem insurmountable and God's provision may not always align with our expectations, but we can be certain that he is working all things together for the good in the end. So lastly, as we look at the end of this narrative, we see the substitute sacrifice. As Abraham raised the knife, ready to fulfill God's command, the Lord intervened, sparing Isaac's life and providing a ram caught in the thicket as a substitute sacrifice. This pivotal moment in the story offers a profound foreshadowing of the ultimate sacrifice that God himself would provide through his son, Jesus Christ. The substitution of the ram for Isaac on the altar echoes the coming ultimate sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Just as the ram took Isaac's place, Jesus takes our place, offering himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. This act of divine grace and love demonstrates the depths of God's love for humanity. Through Jesus's sacrificial death and victorious resurrection, we are offered forgiveness, salvation, and the opportunity to have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. For while Abraham's son is spared, God would give his own son to be sacrificed. This too was an act of provision on God's part, a provision that would ultimately fulfill what God started in Abraham, that is the restoration of blessing to all the nations and to the world. Because Christ died, our relationship with God has forever been changed. Whatever sin, whatever guilt, whatever doubt and brokenness we carry, Christ has dealt with and abolished it on that Calvary's cross. This story invites us then into a posture of fear and awe as gratitude for God's faithfulness to his covenant promises and the redemption we have through him. So the story of Abraham and Isaac teaches us valuable lessons that we can apply to our lives as Christ followers. First, it reminds us that true faith is demonstrated through obedience. God desires not only our belief, but our wholehearted devotion and action to his will. Secondly, we are encouraged to trust in God's provision, knowing that he is faithful to meet our needs. Just as he provided for Abraham and Isaac, he will provide for us in our times of need. We must trust in his timing and believe that he is working. And lastly, this story invites us to complement the magnitude of God's sacrifice for us in Jesus Christ. It reminds us of the depths of his love and the significance of the cross in our lives. Do we fully grasp the magnitude of God's sacrifice through his son, Jesus Christ? 
So in the story of Abraham and Isaac, we see a similar puzzle taking shape. It begins with God's call to Abraham, promising him descendants as numerous as the stars. Abraham's faith journey starts with uncertainty, but begins to take form as he steps out in obedience. Each step Abraham takes, each test he endures, and each moment of surrender becomes a puzzle piece that fits into God's grand design. The journey to Mount Moriah becomes a defying piece as God tests Abraham's faith by asking him to offer his son as a sacrifice. It's a piece that seems perplexing, almost impossible to comprehend. But just as in a puzzle, when you're not sure where a piece fits, you have to have faith. Keep searching, examining the shapes and colors until it fits into its rightful place. Abraham had to trust that God had a purpose for this particular puzzle piece, even if he couldn't see the bigger picture. So as Abraham raised the knife, ready to offer Isaac, God stepped in and provided a substitute sacrifice. The ram caught in the thicket becomes another puzzle piece that fits perfectly into their story, revealing God's faithfulness and provision. And as the puzzle nears completion, the picture becomes clearer. A picture of God's faithfulness, Abraham's unwavering trust, and the fulfillment of God's promise. Our faith journey is not a collection of random events. It is a carefully orchestrated plan crafted by the hands of our loving Father. Even the challenging pieces have a purpose. They teach us lessons, grow our faith, and deepen our trust in God. So my dear friends, let us embrace the puzzle pieces of our life, the moments of joy, the trials, and the unanswered questions, trusting that God is fitting each piece perfectly into his master plan. And in the end, as the puzzle nears completion, we will witness the beauty and purpose of every piece, revealing the masterpiece of God's faithfulness and love through Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you now and always. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lessons you have taught today through the story of Abraham and Isaac. Help us to embrace the tests of faith, walk in obedience, and trust your perfect plan. Thank you for the provisions of Jesus' sacrifice, reminding us of your unfailing love. Guide us as we navigate the puzzle pieces of our life, trusting your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.